0: W O R Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy and guest co-host Sal Licata. A Big Wednesday show, myself and Sal Licato with you. Uh We'll be talking some Mets tonight, as we always do. We're rolling for the next three hours, and of course uh, NFL free agency. It's basically already played out. It is two hours old, and uh, it's over. It's done. It's I, that I honestly
1: didn't even know it started for today. I mean, who knows? Technically,
0: yeah, yeah right. It, who cares? Yeah, everything happened yesterday. Uh Some more rumors throughout the morning today, or, or reports of signings throughout the morning, and then basically you get to this point, and it's uh whatever's left. The, the, the free agency. Agents must feel like the baseball players that are at uh, <laughs> Camp Sign Me Up uh, in February hoping to you know get signed at some point four months later. Not not as stressful. Yeah, I'm, I'd much rather be an NFL player than a baseball player when it comes to these free agent situations. Get it over... Uh, very quickly. Well, right, but the problem is the baseball money, that's guaranteed. Uh, and
1: right now in the NFL, it's not right. Basically, if you're an NFL player and you're not signed two days before free agency
0: begins, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Yeah, and Kirk Cousins doing all right, though. <laughs> yeah. Full $84 million uh, guaranteed for him. Uh, I am. Uh, I think uh, you know, I'm a Jets guy. I'm happy with the way this has played out. You have Josh McCown. They pay him a lot of money. Sure. Ten million bucks, though? I don't, I don't understand it, but whatever. They have $90 million against the cap. It's a one-year deal. They have you know all kinds of money to spend. I don't think it's going to prevent them from signing somebody else. And Teddy Bridgewater is exactly the kind of quarterback that you want to bring in that has some upside, that can win that starting quarterback job, that obviously has risk attached to him, but if Teddy Bridgewater – gets hurt the first preseason game, so what? You're not out anything. You have a potential you know, fitted quarterback that you can look at for the long term uh, if uh, if it works out. And if not, hey yeah, you draft a quarterback in the first round next month and, and you're ready to roll, So that's you, a good quarterback for you Are room. you doing that no matter what? I know this
1: gives them some insurance in case, let's say, nobody falls. Look, a lot of things can happen here, whether teams can trade up. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you don't know what's going to happen, the way this whole thing shakes out. So, A, they may not love a quarterback. B, they may not have a chance to take a quarterback that they truly love do you want one one way or another or you'll be okay if they don't take one they
0: need to take a quarterback now that doesn't mean they have to take one at six let's say that Josh Allen Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen are all off the board at six at that point well you want to draft a quarterback in the second round maybe Lamar Jackson is still Mm -hmm. sitting around you want to take one later in the draft Uh, I'll deal with that Uh, I'm not You know, a big Mayfield guy. I don't think that he's the kind of quarterback you want at six. Again, the kind of guy, if he's hanging around early in the second round, sure, grab him there. Uh, But that's where I think the Jets can maneuver. But no matter what, at the end of that draft, you want to have a quarterback of the future on the Jets roster.
1: You know, it's interesting what you just said. It made me think of something. Because I'm with you. I don't like uh, Mayfield either, right? But why would you – if you don't like him, I get that there would be value in the second round – but ultimately, you'd be wasting a pick because you don't like him anyway. And I'm not just talking about Mayfield in particular. I'm talking about anybody. I believe if you're, if you love somebody, you take him regardless of where you think it might be value. Lamar Jackson, a good example, right? Did they believe in him as a quarterback? Or are you just going to be forced into you t- yo, you know what? He's here. Well, shoot. Might as well take a gamble on him. Don't do that. If you, maybe that's what happened with Hackenberg. I mean, maybe, who knows what happened? Maybe they really loved but Hackenberg. They loved they Hackenberg. Didn't... Nobody else did. But, but the point is you should, maybe, It's what happened with Geno Smith years ago. If you, unless you love somebody, don't
0: take them, regardless of what the value may be. But this is the thing. In the second round, you're not gonna love somebody else that's on the board. You'll love certain players. Everybody at that point, the reason they're still available 35 picks in is that. There is something to not like about them. They're not fast enough, strong enough, smart enough, whatever. I don't know about that. You could get some good football players three, four rounds deep. It's just
1: a matter of, are they the best all-around players potentially? No, but I mean, I think you get some players that teams eye right now that they're eyeing second, third, fourth-round players that
0: they really like as opposed to being forced to take a quarterback just because you need a quarterback. Well, I think the Jets, they have to be so desperate to take a quarterback and to have a long-term answer there and not be going year to year, from Ryan Fitzpatrick to Josh McCown to Teddy Bridgewater for a year. You have to anchor down that position. One thing I do like about what the Jets have done, if you look at these quarterbacks in the draft, the only two that I would start day one are Josh Rosen and Mayfield. And I don't love Mayfield, but I think that's a guy who played a ton in college. He could come in and start day one. Darnold, I think, needs some time. He didn't start a ton of games at USC. Uh, I think... Allen, uh, Allen is raw and he needs a little bit of time. And if the Jets can land Darnold or Allen, those would be the home run guys for me because they have the highest upside. They don't have to play day one now because you have Bridgewater and McCown in camps. So you give them a chance to not have that pressure that you got to come in and play right away and you could develop them the right way and not rush a Mark Sanchez or a Geno Smith in and allow them to, you know, play around a little bit, like Chad Pennington did years uh, ago. He spent two years on the bench. I
1: think too many teams have gotten away from something that used to work forever in the NFL. You have to draft and develop a quarterback instead of just throwing him to the wolves to force the issue to see what you have right away. I think it ruins so many quarterbacks who you don't know. Potentially they could develop. And Look at guys like Aaron Rodgers, guys who have sat behind a quarterback at least a year and maybe two years. They, to me, have a better chance of becoming a better quarterback then i know that it's happened where you throw russell wilson out there or matt ryan and joe flacco and the other guys that have had immediate success but i would think even Jameis winston mariota those guys would have benefited from
0: sitting a year and learning from a veteran quarterback well one of the things we've learned is you need to play a certain amount of games in college in order to really be ready to step in and start day one you know russell wilson a lot of quarterback in North Carolina State and Wisconsin before he came out into the draft. And if you're gonna start day one, you need to have that background. And that's why to me, Mayfield, Rosen, those guys have been starters for a long time. They've played a lot of games, they've seen a lot of football. I think they can handle it. I
1: love Rosen. That's my I know you love Darnold. I think yeah. Darnold's got bust written all over him. He may have the the mental makeup. I don't think he's got the I don't think his game will translate to the pro level. I love mm-hmm. Rose, and I take a chance on Allen.
0: I've looked at Darnold. i watched a lot of the USC yeah. games this year. Some of the touch he has on some passes, he, he does. Uh, there are times where he just won't see a defender, and he'll throw it right to him. Uh, that definitely happened this year. He, he had some problems with turnovers. He also had a terrible offensive line. But he makes some throws where you know, he, the guy's not 10 yards open when Darnold's throwing the football, but he'll throw him 10 yards open. And those are the NFL throws. That's something you got to be able to do. So you think they're going to take one and sit behind Bridgewater
1: McCown just for this year? I mean, I know McCown's a one-year deal, right? You hope he eventually is going to retire after this year. And then He's become a coach. player coach already. That, that, right. That's fine. So I have no problem with that. But Bridgewater's the interesting one to me because like you said, you could potentially have a franchise quarterback in Teddy B. You don't
0: know with him. The problem is he could become a free agent Next year, the Jets don't have an option on him, and you know, if he has success with the Jets, maybe decides, "Hey, this is where I'd like to be." These are the good problems the Jets have never really had. But then what but do you do? With that the... is something that could pop up. And what do you do with the quarterback you drafted?
1: Let's if you say... love,
0: if Teddy Bridgewater has right. a great year, right? Hey, we're going all in on him. I don't think you have to rush, but you could look to to make a trade, make a move, right? the The Redskins. Had a superstar quarterback with RG3 when he first came in the league. They drafted Kirk Cousins in the same draft, and what did they do? Yeah. They held on to Cousins, and two years later, he's the guy that is the starting quarterback there and five years later he's signed for 84 mil
1: only two issues with what the Jets have done so far one the amount that they paid McCown which is not a big deal what, 8 million fine I, so I guess it's different to 2 million bucks but I think they overpaid for a guy who probably wasn't going to get a significant job elsewhere the other thing is committing to him even by word that yeah. he's a, what, I agree you, you don't, I don't get it you don't have to name him the starter I mean why would you do that and it doesn't make any sense by naming him the starter and then bringing
0: in Bridgewater it should be be a competition. Yeah, and Ted Brady, if Teddy Bridgewater's healthy you expect him yes. to take that job. So why why give Josh McCown this little head start going into training camp. You want to start the best guy no, because you last year makes no sense. You're not tanking again, and and Bridgewater's a guy you want to find out about anyway. The rookie yes. quarterback is someone you'd want to find out about. You know one of the things about McCown and why I, I do think that he's a fit, even last year he didn't take all of the reps in training camp. He let Petty and Hackenberg get a lot more reps than they would have with other quarterbacks because. He understands where he is, Josh McCown, at this point in his career. And he's basically a player coach. So, uh, I think you, you can have that again where well, maybe you won't need a ton of reps early on and you could give them to Bridgewater. You can give them to the rookie quarterback. And that's something that you can't do with any other veteran quarterback in the league. You're ready officially to move on from Hackenberg? Done. <laughs>
1: No more Hackenberg, no more Petty. I Petty mean it's gotta too. be the case. Yeah, yeah. well, Petty's done. I mean, there's no chance he's here.
0: Petty will probably sign on somewhere. I don't think Hackenberg will end up
1: anywhere. I don't even know if Petty will. Oh, I guess you're right. Teams are so desperate for backup quarterbacks. I just saw the yeah, same he, sign You're Like Savage. a TJ
0: Yates. He'll float yeah. around for a few years. Yeah, there's some
1: bad backups in the league.
0: He's won a couple of games.
1: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't despise Petty. I just I'm talking, well, you know, look, as jet people here, we're tired of looking at him.
0: Yeah. And he's you know, we know what he is. Well, oh, he just never got better. Yeah. You know, he was supposed to be a project at a Baylor, and you didn't see that improvement after be, he got some playing this time. This would be
1: year three of Hackenberg?
0: This would be his third year. So
1: you're not afraid that it might be no. too early, trying to develop him for two years?
0: No, I've never seen him, yeah. and I feel very comfortable. Okay. I've watched his college just, tape. Yeah. This After they drafted him, I watched his college tape, and I I said, this guy's terrible. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> So what were they seeing? It's, yeah, bill it, O'Brien told exactly. him a
1: bill of goods, probably. I,
0: I was done with him as soon as I saw that tape. I, and it was like screen passes. He's overthrown receivers left and right. Don't you can be an NFL quarterback like that. Don't
1: you think it came from O'Brien-McCagnon connection because O'Brien obviously had him in a pro-style offense at Penn State thinking that, I, I mean, why else would you take him? Well,
0: Hackenberg was a huge prospect coming out of high school. And he had a real good, I believe it was his freshman year at Penn State. And then... Uh, a lot of things changed. Maybe he's in a bad spot that's at Penn State. He has the physical tools, but you, know, you got to be able to throw the football, make reads, do those
1: things. I thought he had success his first year under Bill O'Brien. Yes. O'Brien leaves for the yes. Texans. McCagnan obviously
0: familiar with the Texans being yes. there. So that's See, he's always we- a guy that had upside. But right. you don't take that guy early on in the, the second round. So whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye, Christian Hackenberg. 800 yeah. uh, 321 the number. Uh, we'll get into the Giants. They didn't get their A-1 number target yesterday, but not a bad consolation prize today as they try to remake that offensive line. Uh, it was busy all over the place as far as NHL free agency goes, and we'll get you caught up uh, on all the big maneuverings today. And uh, we'll obviously dive into the Mets as well. You want a cesspit, a cortisone injection. Is that concerning? Uh, we'll tell you all about that and uh, mix in some colors. Again, 800 321 710. It's a sports zone. Pete McCarthy, Sal Licata, is in here every Wednesday on The Voice of New York, 710 WOR. We're back in the WOR sports zone. Here's Pete McCarthy and guest co host Sal Licata. But here's the deal, Sal. If the Jets manage to draft Sam Darnold, I'm all in. You're getting season tickets. I'm, I'm getting back on the the ride now, somehow. I don't know if I'll actually get the tickets, or oh, if I'll come I'll, on. I'll get a ticket from like a friend, like a second ticket, and pay for that. Um, what if they get one of the other quarterbacks? No, Darnold's the only one. What He's if the only one that has me? All in, I've got to be there to see as many games this guy's career as I possibly can. You're going to regret it. As a diehard
1: Jeff fan, you're going to regret it. This young defense led by Jamal Adams, who's an absolute stud. Mm -hmm. They've shored up now. or not shored up, but they're addressing other areas as well as the offensive line, bringing in Spencer Long at center. Um, They're going to get... Good play from the quarterback position, regardless who it is this year. And, you know, if they, tr- if they take, what, if they take Rosen or Allen, that's not going to get you excited enough to get season tickets. They're going to be excited, but not, not to that degree.
0: I'll go to more games. I didn't go to any. This is the first, this past year was the first time in probably 20 years I didn't go to any Jets games. That is a long streak to break. Yeah. Yeah. It was a big well, deal. Well, I had season tickets for a while and, you know, my dad used to bring me to games when they were bad. Uh, that was, that was how I got to go, but I, I went, often uh and you know this past year there was no reason to drag my butt out there
1: you're not going to go there and root against them as you <laughs> said you were
0: doing all year yeah
1: um now did you i may have asked you this before did your dad have season tickets yeah or you oh, okay so your dad had season yeah and tickets. then i had it
0: with him right. for about i don't know how long probably eight years is he in on this getting back in as well with darnold or no he's not he's not trucking back exactly. from okay. long island to uh to metlife stadium i, I know i get those it those days uh, are done right. yeah you know, it's tough too because what about the wife what does she think of this i haven't discussed it with her yet <laughs> oh yeah there it. is
1: no chance you're getting season tickets <laughs> I, don't care. I don't care who they take you haven't discussed well, this no. with your wife yet right
0: that's a big deal like, i just decided yeah. to go back to the yeah, games right. again yeah. well, nothing new <laughs> Not Nothing new. good luck with that oh is this a whole conversation have i you, gotta have have you taken her to a bunch of jet games over the years or she what she took me to a jets game maybe four years ago does Someone played at dolphins Rhonda like it does she like going to the games yeah or no? she likes okay. going to the games she can handle it um you know, I. It, but it becomes. I didn't miss going to the games this year because I have red zone at home. Right. I'm Watching all the games, I'm seeing what's going on everywhere. You know, coming in on Monday, got to talk Jets and Giants as well. You go to the game, you miss out on everything else that happens. My my picks suffer. Uh, my fantasy team suffers. The- so you know, all these things play into it, and it, it's harder to motivate yourself to go all the way out there and, and make it a whole day adventure for one game when you can just sit at home and take in 15. NFL Sundays are best on your couch. Now, unless it's a standalone game, whether that
1: be Monday night, whether it be Thursday night or Sunday night. Those are the ones you don't want if you're a season ticket. No, no. no. Well, because it's freezing. But still, the standalone game, you're not missing anything else.
0: It is annoying because it's a Thursday night and you have to go after work or, uh, you know, it's Thanksgiving. That was the breaking point for me was the Thanksgiving game against the What time do you wake up for work every day? Late. Okay, so it's not
1: a big deal if you have to go to a game Sunday, Monday, or Thursday Well, night. it
0: is if I'm doing my show till 9 and then I have to truck out to MetLife Stadium. Well, game.
1: that's a problem. No, you'd have to take off. Yeah. I don't know who your backup is, but maybe get him in here. And <laughs> <be> some... <laughs> the, the advantage that you have for going to the game is that you're locked in on that game. I miss that. As a fan, I miss being locked in on one game, but the disadvantage is that you're locked in on one game and you miss missing all else that's going on. As you mentioned, the NFL
0: Sundays, they're crazy. The big thing I've always felt going to an NFL game versus any other sport. I feel like fans can impact the game of football in a way that you cannot impact a baseball game, a hockey game, or a basketball You're game. You're
1: not helping your team, Pete. You've been a bad fan.
0: Third down, you stand up, you make some noise. That's what. That's something that you could bring to the table that maybe gets a false start uh, once a year. And, ah! Ah! I did that. We did that, right? <laughs> and that's the only thing. Like, I I do feel like there is a home field advantage, and you can help your team if you are obnoxious at the uh, at the football. I've game.
1: never been. It's maybe one regret I guess I have as a sports fan that I, you know I didn't grow up rooting for either local team. At times I was a Giant fan when I was younger, and then I became a Jet fan uh, a little bit with Parcells. I would root for them. I root for the Jets now because I like Bowls and I believe in them. But I'm a, a, t- a fan of the Falcons out of mm-hmm. town, so I never had that. You know, that urge to go to games. I've been to many games over the years at Giants Stadium from well, You've both gone the down
0: to Atlanta. Yeah,
1: I know, but it's different to do that. As opposed to having it part of your local fabric. Like, going to Met games is just something that's ingrained in me since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I don't have that urge or that feeling to go tailgate Sunday out at MetLife or, you know, within Giant Stadium and do that with, you know, other fellow New York football fans where where you have. That's something that I've never It's different. When you're a fan of an out-of-town team it's, you know, it's a whole trip out of it. It's fun, but it's not ingrained in the culture of being a sports fan.
0: But you get to take it in and and see how the, the Falcons might be different. I mean, how long was it until you got to a Falcons home game?
1: 2002 was the first time I went down there. And how and old were you awesome. at that
0: point? About 20? Uh, we'll, we'll I was, was born in
1: 79, so
0: Yeah, 22, 23. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, that's a good age to to be there for the first time and take it all in. And it was right? awesome.
1: The stadium that you watched on TV all these yeah. I'm not saying it's a bad experience. It's just different for I, I'm not it's not something I could relate to. I think yeah. it's great that you have that reference point that you went to those games all those years with your dad, tailgating and having, you know, being a, a part of the new york you know football fandom going uh out to giant stadium all those years. you know how many home playoff games i saw in person um i probably see more than you have <laughs> sadly enough in
0: atlanta i've seen more than you have how many none what none you haven't gone to one playoff game not a home playoff game they haven't had a home playoff game since they beat the colts in 2002 well, they smoked them that game right or was yeah didn't they Jan- yeah oh yeah they killed him 41 nothing. I think yeah, the final right. score was the turf was all slippery that was Herm and so. Pennington yes yes I believe yes. so right oh, and the, I- the week before was the best game I've ever seen or best experience at a sporting event I've ever seen because the Jets needed help from the Patriots of all teams and they knocked off the Dolphins with a late comeback so we we're in the stadium uh you know the old Giants stadium and the old Meadowlands I should say and hmm. uh We're all listening to the radio. People have transistor radios, and you're just like waiting for news on what's going on in the Patriots-Dolphins game, because that was all that mattered. The Falcons played into that, too, with the Browns. Uh, They did, so this was 2002. The Falcons couldn't get a two-point conversion. They didn't help out, so we went in thinking the Jets were dead, and they weren't going to have a chance to make the playoffs. And it was like, all right, well, we'll see Brett Favre for once. That'll be cool. Little did we know. But anyway... Yeah, really. um, yeah, so then uh, the Patriots came back and had that crazy win against the Dolphins. The place went nuts. the The Jets had been called for an offsides penalty, and the place is like erupting in cheers. And it was cool how it happened, where it was like little pockets of the stadium where somebody was listening to a radio tell everyone around him, all those people would get up and yell, and it just kind of swelled out naturally. It was really cool. So this was 2002, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. I remember that because of the Falcons. You're telling me
1: that's the last time the Jets had a home playoff game?
0: Yeah. because uh, All these
1: other games under Rex were on the road. Well, the
0: Patriots always win the division. The Dolphins won the, pa- the won the division with Pennington in right, 2008. Two uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, was it 10 or 8? It was 8. Because that was a Brett Favre year. Okay, yeah. And then it was the year Brady got hurt. And that's it, right? First We're, year with Sparano. I don't maybe. think anybody else has won the division. So, yeah, the Jets haven't had a home playoff game for that long. And that's what I looked at. I'm like, why do I have season tickets if I'm not going to get the home playoff game? Isn't at the whole point, you want the home playoff game? Like, there's no hope of this for years. But Donald, Donald will give me that hope again. And that's Boy. where I'm back in. Boy,
1: that is – I you don't even – you know what? I didn't even think of that, how long that it's been. Those fans are starved for a home playoff game. That's nah, brutal. Giants have had, uh, I don't know how many, because remember, even they were wild
0: wildcard teams, but they've had at least a few over those years. Now, I'm going to hedge off the conversation here, because this is where it gets into that Christmas Eve game, and I just I can't go down that path anymore. Uh, 800-321-0710, the number again, 800-321-0710. Uh, we'll get into uh, not just the quarterbacks uh, that the Jets are involved in here, but a, a number of big signings, the Giants as well. Uh, do we like what, what the Giants pulled off here? They wanted the big left guard, they end up with the big left tack. Is that enough for them? Uh, 800-321-0710. We can take some football calls, and we'll be diving into the Mets uh, before you know it. Our Mets spring training report coming up at seven oh five. It's the Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy and Sal Licata on the Voice of New York seven ten W O R W O R Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy and guest co-host Sal Licata. We've done a, a lot of Jets here, and we'll we'll dive into some of the moves they made. But the Giants, they go out get Nate Solder from the New England Patriots. They've got a new left tackle. He's six foot eight. He's a monster is that enough to solve their offensive line woes? No, now? but
1: it's a, i mean—it's a big start. I mean, think about how big of a bust Eric Flowers has been yeah. and look, you, here's what the free agency period should tell everybody involved and this is kind of a disclaimer. If you don't draft well, you will not win in the NFL. It's as simple as that because you can't build a team via free agency. You just can't. You could help add, you could try to repair certain things, but the best teams are the ones who draft well and Reese because he neglected the linebacking position, the offensive line position for year after year after years put the Giants in a bad predicament but they had to address the offensive line they lose out on Norwell was it yeah, Andre Norwell Nor- uh, to Norwell goes to Jacksonville and then they get they, maybe they get better off here I know they overpaid for Solder but left tackle Eli's blind side Eric, Eric Flowers replacement is going to be a significant upgrade more importantly, that locker room has added two quality guys. I don't think Jonathan Seward's going to have any impact on the field, mm-hmm. but he's a good quality guy in that locker room, and Soldier the same thing, which was obviously lacking a year ago. And
0: that's something Gettleman's trying to do. But I, I look at the Soldier signing, that feels like a win-now kind of mood move, right? right? Aren't we looking at the Giants and kind of wondering, especially when it comes to the, the draft, they will know exactly what their plan is. But if they draft Saquon Barkley... They're all in these next two, three years, however long Eli Manning can stay healthy and win with him as their quarterback. And then they could also hedge their bets, develop the next great quarterback of the Giants where eh, you might be able to make a run at the playoffs, but you're not going to be a championship contender if you're using a number 2 pick on a quarterback. Does the signing of Solder here give you any feel that they are going one way or the other?
1: No, it doesn't give me a feel one way or another. First of all, it's not even up to them as far as Barkley goes. Who knows what the Browns are going to do? Well, I don't understand why the Browns would sign Carlos Hyde, um, and still take, you know, Saquon Barkley. Now, maybe they do. I, I don't know. I think it's fascinating. I, I can't, this is one of the more intriguing drafts in recent memory. It maybe is. ever for me. I mean, you got the two New York teams, two and six. Who you, will both need quarterbacks. You got the Cleveland Browns who have two picks there, one and four. So you don't know what, you know, if it were just one pick, you'd say, okay, mm-hmm. well, they're going to take a quarterback. That's it. Mm-hmm. And you got an explosive running back who's arguably the best player in the draft. you got a bunch of quarterbacks. There is so much going on at the top of this draft. It is fascinating. And it's impossible to sit here and say, well, they're going to do this or this team's going to do that because you just don't know what's going to happen even with the number
0: 1 bank. Well, that's why I'm trying to read some tea leaves here and look at, are, are the Giants going all in for the next year or two to try to win with Eli Manning? Or I, I And I think you're right. With the signing of Solder, this could be... Something that to help out Eli, they absolutely have to fix this for a couple of years. But it also could be, they think he's going to be their left tackle for the next four years. And he could be protecting Eli for two of those years and the next rookie quarterback for the years after. So I don't think it's indicative, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to get a feel for what the Giants are thinking. My opinion, they should be looking a couple of years ahead. They should be drafting the quarterback. You have an opportunity where you have the number two pick. It is a quarterback rich draft at the top. You don't have these opportunities very often. Take advantage and put yourself in a great spot for the next 10 years rather than trying to build around an aging Eli Manning And I just can't see, no matter what pieces you add to that team, the Giants being truly championship-worthy the next two years.
1: Yeah, I think you just nailed it. That was my initial take, okay? Giants were awful a year ago. See, I think the more time that goes on, you forget how bad they were, and in particular, Eli Manning, okay? And Nate Solder may be a great player, may be a great tackle. He's not going to solve the offensive line problems. He's not going to solve the running game alone. Neither is Jonathan Stewart. So they have a lot of areas to upgrade by the way the defense has lost some pieces and you don't know if they're gonna I know they added a linebacker who we like Ogletree but they're losing DRC they're getting some help in the secondary certainly they need more help there uh as well because you know JPP another year older. who knows how that's going to work out so you can't just say Oh, well, the defense is going to be what it was two years ago as opposed to what it was last year I'm torn because Eli has done it before because it is exciting to think about possibly adding an explosive player like Barkley to go along with what they have with Beckham at wide receiver, and you always like to, you know, the sports fan, you want to be about win now, but the smarter move. When you have a chance at number 2 to, as you said, pick a guy that could set your franchise up nicely, going right from one franchise quarterback in Eli Manning that you haven't had to worry about in 15 years to another one for the next hopefully 10 to 15 years if you hit on it, I think you have to take advantage of that opportunity. It's
0: not a Blake Bortles draft. This isn't a quarterback class that everyone's just getting amped up about once the football season ends. This is a quarterback class we've been talking about and eyeing. All college football season long, before then, this is a legitimately top-tier quarterback class. Can they be the Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger class? I mean, that's a question, but at least you can ask it realistically right now. And, you know, probably not everybody's going to make it. It's rare that you have yeah. that kind of thing, but this, is, this isn't this is just a draft where you have some quarterbacks. This is potentially a special draft at that position, it's something we've been looking at in that way for years. But if you do that, you are
1: not punting this year, because you'll try to compete this year and anything could happen in the NFL. So you're punting on Eli. He, well, but I think that that's the right move, don't yes, you, at this point? absolutely. absolutely. But I think in the short term, you're not you're not putting the best team you can out there because you're drafting a a position you already have somebody at. And whether it's Josh Rose and whoever it may be, he's not going to play this year behind Eli Manning unless things go really bad and you'll see him in the second half of the year. But ultimately, he's not going to play. If you draft Saquon Barkley, if he is there, they're going to try to win some football games this year. I mean, they're going to try
0: to go win a Super Bowl. I mean, that's that's the two differences. And that's a position, running back. You come into the league as a rookie, you can make a difference from day one. Wide receiver cornerback, obviously quarterback as well. It usually takes a few years at Mm. those positions. But running back, we see guys enter this league and they are ready to go. They could be one of the best players on the field. Look how Ezekiel Elliott changed the Cowboys in his rookie year. You could just come in and play, plug and play. And now one of
1: the big reasons, obviously, why Elliott has been so great is because of the offensive line. And I was just thinking about it. Maybe the Giants trade down take a stud offensive lineman and get a running back later in the draft. See, that's the thing. You don't want to get caught up. And even myself, you know, sometimes I hate myself for doing this. My rule is I would never take a running back that high because you could find a guy that can produce late in these drafts, late in these rounds, you'll find a running back or two that can produce. So they can do that at the same time instead of getting caught up in the excitement of Saquon Barkley and watching him. And I get that there's... Obviously something to that. That's appealing to think about. It's exciting to think about as a fan. But is it best for your team to draft a running back? First, second, whatever it may be, top five pick overall when you could find somebody that could give you some production beyond a good offensive line later in the draft.
0: Speaking as a, as a Jets fan now. The Giants should absolutely take Saquon Barkley number two. So you don't want, you would not if you're the Giants. <laughs> well, well I, I said as a Jets fan because I, I want a quarterback to drop down the oh, six. Oh, okay. But and the Giants become one of those really intriguing teams. But we, we just talk about, you know, the draft overall. And, and yeah, I understand the question you're raising with the running back spot. But Barkley though? seems to be a special guy, yeah. it, you know, mentally, physically. He seems to have everything going his way. I, up a I Jets get fan? It.
1: I, well, I That's get, a plus. no, I get it, but what about, you know, Adrian Peterson? I mean, what did the Vikings ever win with him when he was at his peak, right? So even the best running backs, I think there are other things that have to be factored in. The Browns have two picks in the top five, top four, obviously. Mm-hmm. That fan base can use some excitement. So I yeah. think they're a different case than normal, especially when you're talking about in comparison with the Giants right now you could find running backs that are less exciting and maybe you know somewhat close to being that productive. I love what the Jets have
0: done with running back this year. Yeah, well, this is the argument for the running back. Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott, and there's another running back drafted recently at the top of the draft. These guys have been in the playoffs. They have made big differences for their football teams over the last couple of years. And you know, they've been... Henry, Helphouse. maybe you're talking about? Henry, no, no, not Derrick Henry. Uh, uh, well, I don't think it's Henry, but yeah, he's first round, but he went a little later. later but yes, the then, round, oh, yeah. no, Leonard Fournette. Oh, That's okay, the Fournette, right. Yes, right. And, and Henry, I guess you could put on there, but he hasn't been very good. He's he's You know, DeVarco mm-hmm. Murray's the main running back there, but those three guys, they're all running backs that were taken fairly high, and they've... They've made the playoffs. They've made differences. You don't have a whole lot of rings there, but you do have you know guys that have been able to you know build offenses. And for the Giants, they have a lot of pieces in place offensively, even as bad as they were last year. But the running game has been absolutely non-existent. So that's that's the argument that I would make for it. If you really believe that Barkley is special, and I think you know Dave Gettleman when he was talking about this a few weeks ago. He said, "Well, if you have a Hall of Famer, you want to draft a Hall of Famer if you're picking number two. And Barkley is the kind of running back that maybe he is a Hall of Famer. And how do you judge that against a quarterback that might be very good, but not Hall of Fame type, right? Philip, maybe like a Philip Rivers type well, quarterback, right? We'd say not a Hall of Famer. Uh, Rivers, I, I think
1: Rivers, Rivers probably is Hall tricky. of Famer.
0: Yeah, I mean Stafford. Let's say Stafford.
1: Here's the here's the problem. You think of how much better Barkley would have to be." Than the guys underneath. I I know he's you know the cream of the crop, right? But how much better is he than the second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever running backs down the line? That to me has to be so significant to even consider taking a running back that high. And I think that's the
0: case here. He is that much better than what well, else? I guess is that's in this why track. that's
1: why you consider it. But I mean, when you do it with the other positions, yeah. there's a bigger drop off from Darnold or Rosen. To the guys who were going to go in the third or fourth round than there is, at least in my opinion, and not being a scout or not watching all these guys mm-hmm. on tape or knowing who they are from Barkley and said running back that could go in the third or fourth round. But there's so much intrigue
0: here overall. You oh, have Barkley, who I think is a fascinating case. You have. All these quarterbacks, you have, like you mentioned, the Browns at 1-4. and four. You have the Bills, who you know, have traded up. I think they're at 11 right now. They're dying to get into the top five. Does that spook the Jets into trying to trade up? Is that necessary, whether it be with the Giants at 2, the Colts with 3, or the Broncos at 5? Uh The Broncos took Case Keenum, signed Case Keenum. So are they out on a quarterback where they would trade back or might they still look to take? Yeah, you know, I know they met with Baker Mayfield today. You know, could they you know, be a quarterback needy team as well. Well, didn't they just it's take Paxton mess. Lynch, though,
1: right? When was that yeah. last year?
0: He's, that didn't work out. But,
1: but, but, but this is the point. I'm not saying Paxton Lynch is the answer. Mm-hmm. How can you take a guy a year ago? Was it last year or it was two? Years two years ago. ago. Okay. How could you take a guy? And now Hackenberg may be a different story because the guy can't even get on the field. But you're taking a guy for two years. You didn't develop him properly. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you're just going to give up on him and keep taking quarterbacks until what? You strike yeah. one that's immediately good? Yeah. No, how about the idea of picking a guy you believe in and developing him properly. But well, once you see a guy and you don't believe in him anymore, you gotta let him go. But how could two years be enough of a barometer? It was for Hackenberg. Well, at least it is in your eyes. It may not be for them. But he is—he shouldn't have been taken with the second in the second round anyway. No. So, I mean, he may be a different... But you get what I'm saying? You take a quarterback, commit
0: to him. Well, it's like Tebow. You, you see a guy enough. Even if you were able to win some games, at a certain point, your eye test tells you, I don't believe in this guy. Yeah. And then what are you supposed to do? Just keep him around until he fails? No. It, it doesn't matter how many playoff games. It doesn't matter what you do. Once you don't believe in a guy anymore, you got to write him off. That's just how it is. And then it's up to other teams to look at you it. You
1: saw they traded... I didn't even hear if you mentioned this. They traded Simeon. They trade, you mentioned that? Well,
0: no, I didn't mention it, but yes, they th- traded Trevor Simeon to, to back up Minnesota. Minnesota. He's going to back up Kirk oh. Cousins. There's some crazy stuff. Tyron Matthew, the honey badger. Where'd he go? He's just cut? Well, he's available. Okay. Yes. So, but he's intriguing for both the Jets and the Giants. It might be tough for the Jets to squeeze him in, but you know, you mentioned the Giants after cutting DRC. He'd be a great fit there. So we can, you know, run down some of the, the other things around the league. It's been a wild day. The Patriots taking some big hits. They've lost a lot you of You know players. what's weird though? They do it all the time. And watch these <laughs> guys watch these guys butler
1: solder amandola they'll all go elsewhere and they're never going to live up to their contract and the patriots will just plug and play whoever comes in next is going to outproduce the guy that was there before
0: met spring training port as well at 705 we'll take some mets calls in the seven o'clock hour we'll try to squeeze in some football calls when we come back it's the sports zone with pete mccarthy on the voice of new york seven ten WOR.